Hey, welcome back to Everyday Ricochet. I'm Mike. And I'm Bobby. And guys, today we have such an amazing guest on with us. I can't wait to have her share your sto- share her story with us. And you guys are going to be amazed just like we are. I want to welcome Thera with Rooted and Rising. Welcome. Hey, guys. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Great. Doing good. Trying to stay warm. Weather is crazy here, so. And and where are you located? Uh, I'm in Rogersville, Missouri. It's right outside of Springfield. Uh, yesterday we had 60 degree weather and tornadoes, and today we have uh, flooding and snowstorms. So. Oh no! No kidding. We are in, uh, as you know, Burlington, Kentucky. It has been freezing the last few days, and then all of a sudden, yesterday... It's 70 degrees outside. <laughs> and today it's raining yeah, here, so... It w- and it was raining yesterday, yeah, too. ridiculous. <laughs> it is. You know, we, we wanted you to come on our show because we felt like you have a wonderful message, and we want to sp- help spread that message and your word. We love the fact that that you base your business on your Christianity. We just want to talk about, you know, the struggles that you've had. You had a really, really rough beginning. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your story? Uh, yeah. So I don't even know where to start. (laughs) You just share what Um, you want to share. All right. Like when I was first born, that's when my struggle started. My mom, she went into labor with me when she was 27 weeks, uh, mm. and I had the cord wrapped around my neck, and there was an amniotic infection, uh, and I ended up being born four pounds, six ounces, and wow. uh, I had a TB lung infection, and I actually just found all this out, like, recently. I did 23 and Me, and then, like, tracked down all my mom's medical records and stuff, huh. so that was the start of it. My dad... When I was younger, he went to prison for attempted murder on my mom. That's terrible. Uh, and my aunt. And he spent most of my life in prison. My mom, she was very unstable. She was also an addict. We were moving around a lot. During like maybe her fourth marriage, I think, she decided, well, I'm done with men now because they keep doing me wrong so she started dating women that was before it was like less acceptable right society so I got bullied a lot for that and I know that like I just was always trying to do stuff to fit in with people mm-hmm. because I always felt rejected by society for everything right my senior year of high school let's go back a little bit sure. yeah <laughs> uh, When I was 14, my mom passed away uh, from an overdose. I'm the one that found her. You were 14? Uh, Yeah, 14 14. years old. It was right after my 14th birthday. So So, when when that happened, was, I mean, how did you handle that as a 14-year-old? I couldn't imagine. um, I would say the first day, I just remember crying a lot. It was like... That weekend, we were supposed to have my birthday party, and Mm -hmm. we were going to go get our nails done, and we had got matching outfits and all this stuff. So, like, I just was really, like, I had a lot of grief 
right. a lot of my mom was the one that was there for me my whole life then it came to like being strong because right. I have an older brother he has diabetes and he he doesn't really take care of himself like he should and sorry Mark if you're listening to this then I have a little brother and I just felt like I had to be strong for them so I kind of took on the mom role. So already at the age of 14, dad um, is in prison prison and your mom is going through these things. We look at our life and we think we've had it real rough. A lot of people think that. And then you hear your story. Mm -hmm. And at age 14, now you're becoming the mom. The caretaker. The the one that gets it done. But you know how I look at it? I look at it this way, like, yeah, that was really hard for me. Like, other people do have hard stuff happen to them, and it might not be as dramatic as that, but it could affect them in the same type of way that it affected me. So that's right. Um, that's why I always try to look at different perspectives with things on what people are going through, because everyone handles things a lot differently. Yes, and, and I want to say, you're 27. I, I don't want to... I know sometimes women don't want to tell their ages, but you're, you said that in your story that you can read on Facebook or on your website. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it, I find it remarkable that at age 27, you have gone through two or three lifetimes of tragedy. It's amazing that you're here. When you were growing yeah. up grace of God. <laughs> it is. It is. And you mentioned that you had to, your grandmother that introduced you to church and that's where you felt the love of God. You know, I, I've had some similar things happen in my life and I look back and I didn't realize it at the time, but I know in my heart that, you know, Jesus was right there with me because there's yes. no way that you know, I could have made it through that. And as a child, you know, it, it just almost feels like he had my hand and was helping me walk through different I think there's issues. a country song about that. <laughs> there probably is. <laughs> so you decided, um, okay, we went up to your senior year in high school. Yeah, that's when I had law probably three or four friends that year in either car accidents or overdoses or something like that. And Mm. I never really was a partier because of what I saw it do to my family. Because at this point I had, I was living with my dad. He was out of prison now and it just was a horrible home life. He just drank a lot and he was just really hateful. Right. Um, towards me and my brother and stepsisters. So uh, the day I turned 18, I moved out. And then senior year of high school, I lost those three friends. And it, like, just sent me in a downward spiral. A snowball. And mm-hmm. that, yeah. So then I started, you know, drinking. I started doing drugs and all this stuff. And I remember my senior year of high school, I missed over half the days of school. I had this counselor there and he was like, Sarah, you need to kick your butt into gear. Like you have two weeks left. You need to get all this makeup work done and you need to do this and this and this. And he's like, and you'll graduate. And I'm like, okay. 
and I'm like, wait till the last minute for things <laughs> as a, like a challenge. Right. <laughs> so I'm like staying up half the night trying to get work done. And I go to graduation practice and I don't even know if I'm graduating. Right. So I'm like, okay. I go to my counselor. I'm like, all right. So you made me go to graduation practice. Am I graduating or not? And he's like, Sarah, I'm sorry to tell you this, but, and then he tells me I'm graduating tomorrow, <laughs> and I just cried. I, I guess you and would. <laughs> it was, that was, like, I almost had a heart attack at that point. <laughs> After I graduated, I was like, well, I can do this. Like, that was the one thing everyone told me I wouldn't be able to do. Right. Look at me now. So that just pushed me into go and do great things so I got clean again I wouldn't say again for the first time your um addiction yeah and the crazy thing about it all is I was living at the preacher's house when this happened so (laughs) well it can happen Uh, anywhere yeah so um then I'd start going to college and everything and got mixed up with the wrong people again. So I'm back to where I was. I started using drugs again this time. It was a lot worse than before. Then I got pregnant with my little lifesaver, a little <laughs> rainbow baby, uh, Mackenzie. And me and her father had no relationship at all. He, um, Looking back now, I'm not really sure what was going on at that time in my life. Right. But uh, I'm grateful for it because it gave me my daughter. Right. So um, that all happened. And then I started using again and uh, got clean again. It was like just... Like a roller coaster. Insanity. It was mm-hmm. like insanity. Trying to do the same thing over and over, expecting different results. You know, we look at the definition of insanity, and I say that to Bobby. I said, it's we're doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results each time. It sounds like you're trying to go down the right path. You're right. trying to graduate high school. You're going to college. Well, I just didn't have the tools, I guess, that I needed. Um until later on in life when I really needed them, I guess. And then I got married after that to a guy I'd met at the mall. He was in the Marine Corps. Uh, We ended up getting married, and I moved to California Mm -hmm. uh, with Mackenzie, and I got full custody of Mackenzie. And how old was Uh, she at this time? she She had just turned a year old. Okay. And her biological father didn't want anything to do with her he uh pretty much signed over custody just so he didn't have to pay child support Mm. so yeah i think we've all um, encountered um people like that yes (laughs) i was gonna say you know it's it's really hard to deal with any of those things that happen um even if you're equipped with all the tools that you need and for you not to have that, it is it's just amazing that you were able to, to, well, that you allowed God to pull you up and out of it. You didn't have those tools. You didn't grow up with, with parents that taught you how to avoid that. You saw yes. when, when things got rough, that's how they dealt with it. They just 
didn't deal with it. They, they took drugs. Right. Like, yeah. What I learned and what how I was trained, I guess, right, is by covering it up or masking it with something. So um, this time I did the same thing, uh, and I was on the way to Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri, and at this point at my drug of choice had escalated to meth mm. and um i got pulled over by the cops and i had uh some paraphernalia on me and i got arrested okay. and it was the best thing that ever happened to me right it woke you up so you, you had never yes. you had never been in trouble prior to that it was just this no. is the first time yes and it was the scariest moment of my life. I couldn't imagine. You know, sometimes that's what it takes. I would say petty takes. stuff I got in trouble for, but not like not anything this. crazy like this. Yeah. Right. And so it was It was literally like someone was grabbing you and shaking you. Pay attention. Yes. But <laughs> Wake I, up. But I'm sure you didn't realize that at the time. All you're thinking is, I am in deep trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I was so mad at that cop. I was like, man, this guy's ruining my day. Right. And <laughs> But I actually tried to call him like a year ago and thank him for saving my life. Were so, you able to get a hold of him? Uh, no, but I did leave a message just in case, you know, he happened to get it that he would know. Um, because he, when he arrested me, he put me in the front seat of the car and he said, he gave me a picture of Mackenzie out of my purse and he said, is she worth all this? Hmm. And like, just gave me a heart to heart that I really needed to hear that nobody had given me before. And like, if it wasn't for him planting that seed, mm -hmm. um, then I don't, yeah, I don't who know knows. where I would have been. Yeah. Who, yeah. So is this where you talked about in your blog and in your story about the felony charge that, came about yes yes uh i got a felony drug charge and it was like the the little town i got pulled over in like they don't play around there mm -hmm. and the judges like they give you the worst sentencing for any type of drug charge okay uh so i'm like thinking i'm going to prison for like right years and um they had me to where I had a drug test twice a week, and um, I had to do all this stuff. Well, I started going to recovery classes then mm -hmm. and doing the drug test and just overachieving of what I, I didn't need to do half this stuff, but I did it anyways right. because part of me was like, well, this will make me look good in court, but part of me was like, I need to change. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Luckily, I did that because the recovery place I went to, every single counselor in there were recovering addicts. Mm. So, so they understood. I felt like it really helped me. Um, they were Christian. Uh, it was Christian-based. Uh, they had been through it, so they knew how I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And they just helped me out tremendously. That is great. It, that's the kind of person that needs to be in that position. There's so many times yes, that sure. there are people that, that are telling you what to do and how to do it, but they've never been in that position. 
So they're just like reading yeah. out of a book or... Are you still kind of following God or trying to follow God? Still battling. Okay, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Still battling. And uh, it was about, I would say, I started going to church. And I would say that I was slowly like falling into a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't something like full on, like a real relationship with God. It was like I was a... Sunday relationship type of person right. instead of an everyday. And I think everybody so. str struggles goes, with that. Yes, every, I, I know, think everyone does. I know I have. This story is so captivating to me because... It's a totally different perspective. It, it brings us to see things from a different viewpoint. It just grabs you and throws you in the middle of it, and you can't stop reading your story. You can't stop thinking about how in the world did... Did she get through this? And when I read your story and your messages, because it's long, it's it grabs you mm -hmm. and it pulls you in. And there are many roads that I've seen my life going towards in your story. Mm -hmm. But somehow I went in different, maybe not so far of a different direction. Yeah, it's like you were talking about school and graduating and you were so scared that you didn't know you were going to graduate. I live that. I miss so much school in high school for a totally different reason, though, just because I, I was a, a butt about it. <laughs> but I was still in that situation to where I didn't know the day I was going to graduate. I didn't know that day of graduation that I was going to graduate because I'd missed so much school senior year. We were doing Saturday school, and we were doing everything we could after we found out it was funny you said your counselor came to you and said, you, you better straighten up. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing that happened to us. And and when he says us, he has a twin I brother. I have a twin brother. Oh, do you? That's yeah. awesome. So these stories that you tell in your in your blog, I can see myself living in yeah, that there's... path. But you go this way and, um, and then. And you go another way. Yeah, mm -hmm. but then here you are today. And your story is so much different than it, what it was. Mm -hmm. That's a cool way to look at it. I look at the story and where you are at now, and I think to myself, this girl is thriving. Mm -hmm. And the only, the only thing I can see is because of God. You know, some of us have to go through literally hell before we accept the inevitable decision yeah and i have two very stubborn parents that passed those genes <laughs> down to me so right uh, well uh, we're gonna let you go ahead and, and tell a little bit more yeah and then i want to hear about god shaking you and saying quit your job and mm -hmm. so tell us your story and then you know talk about that also okay um so after that I'd been clean for quite a few months. I ended up getting a job at AT&T, and I was upfront and honest with them before that, like before my interview or whatever, I was like, look, like I have a pending felony charge and I have like all these problems and I've only been clean for this long, but I'd like to have a job here. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I appreciate your honesty and they gave me a shot. So that was really awesome. And during this time, I was frequenting Tinder, 
and that's how I met my husband. <laughs> oh, that's <And> awesome. <laughs> that's how I met Bobby is through AT&T. Really? <laughs> yeah, I was a customer service rep at AT&T, and he oh, called yeah, in. you were telling me that. You're working at AT&T now, and you met your husband. My husband, husband. Yeah. from the dating app Tinder. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We, I have all these silly things like love at right swipe, and he's my tender fella, and I'm his ten, tenderella. Or <laughs> Cute. <something like> <laughs> but I, I talked to him on the phone for like three months before I would even meet him in person, and then like, uh, we went out on our first date, and. At the beginning, like, the devil was trying to break us apart so bad. Hmm. Like, everything that could come against us came against us. And at this point, me, I was living at my ex-husband's mom's house while me and my now husband were dating. Hmm. I bet that was a little awkward. Yeah, it was very awkward. (laughs) I think it was, like, by November, he was like, you really should get your own place. (laughs) And... So, like, I worked my butt off and saved up the money and got my first apartment um, with Mackenzie. It was my first house I ever got by myself. And how old so were very you? very proud. Um, let's see, 23. Okay. 24, 23, 24. Um, so, that was a huge accomplishment for me. Um, and I think that, like... For addicts or anyone who's been in, like, situations like me, like, the little Mm -hmm. accomplishments like that are a huge deal. Right. Um, So I moved in, and I had a bed for McKenzie, a bed for me, and a couch that I got off Marketplace, and a kitchen table, and nothing else. And you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And... Kyle showed up that day when I moved in and brought me everything you could need for a house. It was a trash can full of, like, cleaning supplies, a coffee pot, like, everything. And I'm like, man, I really like this guy. I think (laughs) I might keep him. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) And you have a new start. You actually have a new start. You have accomplished something. You're working. You're clean. You have an apartment now. And you have what you feel is your knight in shining armor. Yes. And, like, Kyle is, like, was not my type at the time, or what I thought was my type. But now I'm like, yes, he's my type, he's mine, don't touch him. <laughs> um, so uh, it was just crazy because, like, I fought it so hard at the beginning. And then... uh Probably, we went to Virginia to visit my family in August. So this was about nine months after I got my apartment. And I told him when I got my apartment, I'm like, me and Mackenzie are going to live together for a year before I live with you. Like, that's, I'm setting boundaries right now. That's awesome. And we got back from Virginia, and I found out I was pregnant with Colton. Um, And I was like, you know, even though I'm having your baby, I'm still going to live in my apartment for a year before I move in with you. And that's good. So, you were you stood your ground and made you yeah, yeah so stayed accountable. I lived in my apartment until I was about six months pregnant, and then I moved in with Kyle. 
uh, out in Rogersville. Uh, we have a little three-bedroom house on a farm. So I uh, stood my ground there, and I was able to accomplish that. So that felt really good. And um, I had gone to church periodically throughout this time. But, you know, like, sometimes you go into churches and you just feel like, I don't know, like you don't fit in. Yes. Like, it's just a weird atmosphere. Right. And that's how I felt at all the churches that I went to. And uh, we have some friends that live down the road from us, uh, Dave and Dion, and they're just, they're really great people, and they started going to the church we go to now. And we have Christmas with them every year, and uh, they had invited us to church. Well, we went, and then we wouldn't go for a few weeks, and then mm. we'd go. Right. So we wouldn't go for a few weeks. And um, I guess, like, you know how husbands and wives always, like, blame each other for stuff? Oh, when yeah. They're like... <laughs> they don't want to take the blame for it so they're like well it's her fault yeah uh they asked why we hadn't been going to church and kyle's like well that's because sarah won't get out of bed in the morning (laughs) i'm like way to go yeah throw you right under the bus (laughs) they had like cornered him in a camper and was like you're going to go to this freedom class with us (laughs) and um they came over for our annual Christmas thing, and I guess they had already cornered him. And so they cornered me in my living room and was like, y'all need to come to church with us, and y'all need to go through this freedom group. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I'm being attacked right now. <laughs> and, but the, all they <laughs> so were doing the was, <laughs> yeah, they were attacking you with love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So uh, we started going to church regularly then, um, and we started the Freedom Group, and that is when my whole life changed. My whole life changed at that moment. Um, It was just this group that, like, just dug deep down about, like, the rejection and fear and um, just everything, all these uh, spirits these bad spirits that are laid on you by the devil and like hold you in the bondage Mm -hmm. from living in true freedom in a relationship with God. And it was just at that point when I started going, um, I was having some issues with my son's doctor. Uh, when I was like 20 something weeks pregnant, they told me my son had a heart condition and, uh, that they thought he was going to have Down syndrome and all kinds of crazy stuff. And he ended up coming out fine. He almost killed me, though, 8 pounds, 13 ounces. (laughs) But, uh, and I'm only, like, 110 soaking wet, so, and he's 24 inches long, too. So he's, like, ready to play basketball when he came out. And (laughs) it was just, like, It was insane, and he had this cough since he was born, and the doctors kept telling me, oh, well, it's just allergies, it's just a cold, it's just the virus, and I was like, look, people, like, he's had this since he was born, there's no way, and I ended up diagnosing him, and then a doctor, you know, agreed with my diagnosis, he has reactive airway disease, which is pretty much asthma, but they Uh can't call it that 
at his age. So mm-hmm. I was just having a lot of trust issues and I was just had a lot of anger because right. he had got so sick. He was almost hospitalized hmm. and we went through this group and at the end of the group, you have this conference where they just go through everything you learned and they talk about it. Then you like speak these declarations um, about the freedom you're going to get from it. And then you go up to a prayer partner. Well, you write down whatever God like speaks to you and mm-hmm. then go up there and the prayer partner prays over you for it. Well, I was always like that one person that wouldn't put their hand up to praise God and right. church because I'm like, everybody's looking at me. I'm going to look like a weirdo. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, I put my hands in the air and I was just like, God, I'm ready to be free. And by the end of that conference, I was crying and shaking to death. My husband comes up to me. He's like, are you okay? Like, what do you need? Do you need, like, some water or something? I was like, no, I just need to be by myself with God right now. And I'm, like, freaking out. So you were and basically convicted I... then. Yes. Yeah. And I, that's when I experienced, like, freedom with God. And it just was life-changing. Um, then I had to tell everyone about it. Because right. Because it, it was like... I felt like maybe you should feel like this when you get baptized, but I didn't. And, like, I felt it when I got that freedom from God. Like, I was released from all that hurt and rejection and fear that I was feeling. So uh, I wanted to share it with everyone. Well, everyone wasn't really accepting of that. And uh, I got jokes on a lot at work. Um, I had, like, so much bad stuff happening last year and like people were like well you know none of this happened before you started going to church maybe you should stop going and things might work out for you and like dumb stuff like that oh wow that's incredible yeah yeah there's always those those always those that are not encouraging Mm-hmm. Um, and we all experience the those thing people was, in our life. It was my friends. Yeah. The oh. people I thought were my friends. So it just hurt right. so bad. It was like a knife in my heart. So um, after that, I just like, I didn't really have my friends to talk to. So I just started talking to God about everything. And I'm like, all right, God, like, what's your purpose for me? What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to do? And, um, I was just growing more in my relationship with God, and I remember, uh, like, having this dream that I started a t-shirt business called Therapies, t-shirts that make you feel good. Sounds like therapy. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's awesome. uh, I felt like that was God telling me what I was going to be doing, and uh, really it wasn't. Or maybe it was. It just wasn't time for that yet. So I started a t-shirt business, and I'm like, I'm going to save the world with (laughs) t-shirts. And it ultimately didn't work out. And uh, I started listening to Transformation Church. Uh, If you guys have not listened to that church, um, you should. Guy is crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) insane. And he was talking about, like having um just this crazy faith and i would go down to the river to pray 
down um, on my lunch breaks, and I was listening to this podcast, and I felt like God spoke to me and told me to quit my job and to start this ministry, and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, there is no way, like, this is me saying that, because he knows I don't want to be at this job anymore. These people mm-hmm. are just ridiculing me for my faith and everything, like, I'm not going to quit my job. And in the sermon, it said to have the faith and follow the cloud. And I'm like, okay. And I don't know if you know this story in the Bible where they just followed the cloud wherever God would want them to go, they would follow it. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to quit my job, God. You're crazy. (laughs) And I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I will send you guys this piece a picture of this paper is crazy he said quit your job and save all the money you can between now and march well he knew i wasn't going to quit my job and it was going to take something drastic right for me to because that was essentially that was essentially your first foundation right yeah, and, and it was the longest job I've ever had in my life. <laughs> so. And so when you're when you're down and you're, I mean, you're listening to God speak to you, and He's saying, "Quit your job." I mean, I felt that God had been talking to me, and and then I'm questioning it. No, come, you you don't want me to do that. You don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's a part of you where you you want to have faith and you want to follow. But then you're thinking, yes, how am I going to quit scared. my job? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where people miss the opportunity of God guiding them to their mm-hmm. gift because we are so scared to make that jump that oh, even, to even in my life, there <laughs> yeah. have been so many opportunities that I felt like I needed to do something and the even though I have faith and I believe there's it's hard to think about well I got a house payment and I got a truck payment and I gotta feed my family and all these things well see faith requires action and that's where we tend to fall through right right that's right yeah so uh, then after that I like started experiencing like all these health issues like headache, I had a headache for 37 days straight, and I was having tremors. I was like incontinence issues, um, like all kinds of stuff. It was insane. I was in the ER like nine times a month because mm-hmm. they couldn't figure out what was going on, and they told me I might have MS and all this stuff. So I'm like scared to death. Like, now I really can't quit my job. Right. And then it was like, during this time, I had started the Rooted and Rising and shared my story. um, And it had reached, like, all the way to Africa. (laughs) And I met this girl, and she just was talking about how much hope it gave her to know that I made it through all that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like... I need to start an orphanage in Africa. (laughs) And like, I'm trying to do all these crazy things instead of consulting with God and asking him. And that's why he had to like sit me back in my place. Like, you need to calm down, girl. (laughs) And uh, I, uh, I like had got sick 
to where I was just laying in bed all the time. So all I had to do was talk to God. Right. And uh, my aunt had been selling on Poshmark for like, I don't know how long, but she was like, oh, my God, you have to get on Poshmark. And I, I thought she was crazy. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to sell stuff on Poshmark. What are you talking about? And it was like a few months down the road after I just like, all right, God, I'm done with this. Because I had taken pictures like of my symptoms, like I was losing circulation in my feet. I was, mm. I had a notebook I was writing my symptoms down in. Like I did all this research. I had spreadsheets and everything. Just trying to figure like, out. Going to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, it was finally, finally, I took that 23andMe test to get like the health stuff from. Mm -hmm. And then I got my mom's medical records. And when I finished doing that, I was just like, whatever, God, it's, it's all on you now. Like, I'm tired of spending time on this. Right. And then it was like, I went to this first Wednesday service and got prayed over. And after that, I didn't have any health issues. And then it was like, I don't really know what happened after that, but I know that I started Poshmark mm -hmm. not too long after it. And it just was it was crazy after that. My aunt got me to sign up and I sold a pair of shorts for $14 on there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I got more than what they charge at Plato's Closet for mm. these. It just was like a, a light bulb moment, I guess. So talk about, um, so now you're in a great relationship. Things are going well. And I'm sure there's ups and downs, but right now things are going great for you. And then you decide, I'm going to start Poshmark. Um, walk us through that. Tell us what that's about. And, and this is currently what you're doing today, correct? Yeah. And you yes. might want to tell so, um, tell us what Poshmark is because some listeners may not know what that is. And Okay. All right. So Poshmark's like a resale app um, for your used clothes. You literally just take a picture of your clothing and... Uh, put it on there, kind of like Facebook Facebook Marketplace, mm -hmm. but it's more for uh, quote-unquote designer clothing. Okay. Um, but literally, you can post anything from, like, No Boundaries Walmart brands to, like, designer brands like Coach and stuff like that. Well, I had, I was listening to a podcast from Transformation Church, and I was just like, he was talking about how your gift from God is something you don't really see. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like a piece of clothing that you put into your, like you buy it because it's under the light and it looks so pretty. But then when you bring it home, you put it in your closet and you never wear it again. Mm -hmm. And you don't look at it the way that you looked at it before. And sometimes you have to take it out and put it back under the light like they did at the store mm -hmm. in order to see the beauty in it. And that's God uses the one thing that you don't think is important mm -hmm. for your purpose. And then I just felt like God was like, all right, you need to sell all your clothes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I like you, clothes. You're taking away my job so, and my clothes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I go into my closet and like I have way too many clothes because I have a thrift store problem <laughs> and 
I'm like going through, I'm like, all right, I haven't worn that in three months. I haven't worn that in a month. Like, and I'm just pulling everything out of my closet and I just started listing it on Poshmark. You know, I sold that pair of shorts and I'm like just freaking out about it. Like when I go to do the package, Poshmark has this etiquette. Like you have to make sure it's wrapped nicely in tissue paper and like throw in a little thank you note and all this stuff. So I wrapped it with tissue paper and I got like a little little gift and put it in there. And I felt like God told me to just use it to encourage the buyer. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I was like, hey, um, I hope you love your purchase. And um, remember to always smile because you're beautiful, loved by God, and Jesus thinks you're to die for. I love that. And <laughs> that was my tagline for so long. <laughs> But, you know, there's people out there that need to hear that. uh, Yes, they do. And she needed to hear it. She uh, gave me feedback after she got it because on Poshmark, when you leave a review, it's called a love note. (laughs) So she said, I don't know how you knew, but, like, my kid is really sick right now. And thank you for picking me up when you didn't even know I was down. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, God this is what I'm going to do, huh? <laughs> so I started going to the Christian bookstore and buying those little pamphlets. Right. And I got them on Hope. And then I would write out all my cards and use that little tagline. And then I would buy a 30-pack of earrings from Walmart and cut them all out and put a pair of earrings in there, write a little thank you note, and then put a message of hope in there. And it just was insane after that. (laughs) Like, it just took off. And, like, people were, I've had people text me because I always put in my packages my phone number. I'm like, if you're in need of prayer or someone to talk to, please reach out to me. And, like, just hearing some of the people's stories and just the impact that I'm able to make on their lives just by used clothes that... I found at a thrift store and listed on Poshmark. (laughs) So when you decided how long now, we're talking probably two years, have you been with Poshmark doing this? No, I've only been with Poshmark for 10 months. Oh, 10 months. Okay. Sold 1,900 listings in 10 months. That's awesome. So you, (laughs) it's just, it blows me away that you were able to Listen to God and follow what he's telling you Obedience. clearly. It was like you just And it's not really did that it. easy to be obedient with God. No, absolutely like, not. I want to do, <laughs> do things my way. And I always joke around because I'm like, me and God have a funny relationship. He'll tell me to do something. I'm like, God, you are tripping right now. Like <laughs> thinking I'm going to do something like that. And then I end up doing it anyways right but it just he just blesses me more like and I've just been doing this crazy faith thing like over the past 10 months and like it's just been insane there's no other words for it how is this girl so incredible you get to where you're supposed to be but you might take a detour on the way yeah i always feel this i always feel that god has a plan for you i know that 100 percent, and he's telling you to take this path Mm -hmm. of least resistance and you're going to get there well actually i think it's more resistance because you always 
have yeah, that pull. I, I normally do the resistance part sometimes. Right. Like about 50 50. Right. You know, sometimes I go the right way, and then sometimes I'm like, nope, not doing that. And then I end up going in circles until mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Right. Yeah. One of my problems that I have is that when I'm. I'm trying to stay in faith and I give it to God. I give my problems to God and, you know, give everything. And then I'm like, oh, oh, okay, a few days later, I'll give that back to me, God. You're not moving fast enough. (laughs) I need it to go this way and this way and this way. And you're not listening. (laughs) And I hear your story and I'm like, how can you be so, so quiet and listening? and actually hearing what he's saying to you. And that comes from obedience. Well, like I told my husband, uh, our house got hit by a tornado like a few months ago. Hmm. Um, it wasn't that bad, but like during this time, I found this woman who was selling her boutique inventory online. And I told my husband, I'm like, God told me this is mine like we need to go buy it right now and he's like you're crazy and I was like no I'm not like God told me it's mine like we have to go meet this lady and we were supposed to go meet her this weekend this one weekend but he was like we're not going to go up there and look at the stuff when we don't even have all the money for it he's like that's just dumb that's like going to look at a car when you don't have all the money to pay for it (laughs) And, like, all this stuff, and I'm like, look, I'm telling you, God told me it was mine. I feel it in my soul. We have to go look at this stuff. Well, the tornado hit our house that night. And Uh if it wasn't, if we would have went and got that stuff that night, then it would have all got ruined. Because where I would have set it at, it would have rained on it through our ceiling. So um, I messaged her right before this happened, and I was like, hey, like, I don't need the shipping supplies that you're trying to sell with this. I don't need the hangers. Like, what would you take for everything? And she gave me her price, and it was exactly what we had in, like, 20 bucks. That's amazing. And I was, like, sold. So we set a meeting up for the next weekend for me to go pick it up. And it's just funny how things, like, work like that because, like, if my husband wouldn't have been, like, we're not going to get this stuff right now, then mm-hmm. it would have got ruined by that tornado. But God told me it was mine, and I knew that it was mine. I just needed to be patient about it. Right. Um, it was insane, and it was all because I was like, God told me this was mine, and we're getting it. <laughs> well, that is that is amazing that you understand what God is telling you, because that's one of the hardest things about faith is interpreting and you know i i do a lot of questioning god tells me to go this way and i'm like is that really god does he i mean would he really want me to go that way and do this just like you said when you say if you're uncomfortable then yes right way to go (laughs) but you know it it's something that sometimes it's the devil sitting on your shoulder telling you oh you don't want to go that way you know and it's hard to determine which voice is truly God until you have 100% faith and Mm -hmm. you put your trust you know there was probably a lot of outside noises happening but you stayed true to the word and you were just quiet and patient listening not that you made all the right decisions I'm sure that didn't happen there were some bumps in, in the road but where you're at today 
And it's because you listened. Because you stopped and listened, which a lot of people do not do. Mm-hmm. So now 10 months you've been in Poshmark. I, I love how you you took the first picture, sent yeah. that little, what did you call it? The, a love note. Yeah, the love note. And now oh, today yeah. you said this was my first picture and, and this is my modern yeah. today's picture. Really my game. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's part of it. You have to learn along the way. Well, and it's crazy because, like, you know how I told you guys, I was like, I'm trying to finish up my website. I've been working on my website for six months, Mm -hmm. and literally, like, I did it all last night. Like, it just flowed well. I didn't have any issues, and bam, it was done. But I ran into obstacles throughout the six months because it wasn't time yet. Right. And so I would just put it away and then like go back to it and still wasn't time but Mm -hmm. i still try to do it and it just wasn't working out and then like last night i was like all right god um i really need this to work out so can you help me (laughs) and it it just flowed really well and people think i'm crazy because i'm like look i'm led by the spirit in all that i do like even thrift store finds i'm like all right god what thrift store are we going to today Mm -hmm. and i just feel led to go to one and i just find these amazing deals i bought one of my biggest sales my first big sale on poshmark i bought a burberry bikini for 25 cents and sold it for 65 dollars. oh my goodness (laughs) Like, and it's just I'm led to these great deals to where I can, you know, sell them and make a profit for myself and then also donate part of it to uh, make the, like, welcome bags for the women in the Hope Homes. Back in December last year, my friend um, asked me to go to this church with her, and it's this church in Springfield um, called Freedom City Church. And on their sign outside, it says, Welcoming All Felons, Saints, and Junkies. Uh, And they have this Friday night fire. And I went there. You could just feel the battle going on between the bad and God. Like, Mm -hmm. how bad these people wanted to change their lives and how they were being, like, held back by just the struggles they were facing and the pastor there uh is actually an ex-heroin addict he started the church in the hope homes which are like recovery homes for men and women um coming out of incarceration or they're homeless and want to get off the streets or whatever and they go into these hope homes and it's like a nine-month discipleship program uh to where you know, they learn about God and um, purpose, and it was crazy because I came up with my purpose for my ministry before I even went to this church, hmm. and their purpose is the same. It, it's pretty much like word for word, hmm. so I'm like, we were connected for a reason. Right. Well, um, I ended up connecting with a girl named Jamie there that runs one of the homes. Um, she actually entered into the home two years ago. And uh, went through their program, and she just moved out two or three months ago. Um, She had, like, graduated, and then she was running the house, and now she has her own house. um, And is just trying to work on, you know, rebuilding that life that got destroyed when she was using drugs. Right. Um, And she told me, like, what they would need. 
uh, during the month. So I'll go out and I'll buy the stuff, and then I meet up with Jamie and give it to her to disperse however she would like. Well, a few months ago, she said that she wanted to do welcome bags for the girls coming in. She wanted them to have a journal and a blanket and, like, just basic hygiene items. So um, I go out, and I'll go buy like in bulk like tons of blankets and tons of journals and I just stockpile them and then I get the bags ready for her to just be able to throw it in the bag and then hand it to whoever's coming into the home um, so that they feel more at home when they're coming in for the first time because I know how that felt Mm -hmm. like not even having deodorant or a toothbrush to brush my teeth like right. and I feel like it's it feels like very important to me to be able to help give just the basic necessity like that to someone to make them feel more at home during their recovery uh I've listened to this sermon about you know making heroes out of the next generation to come and uh all this stuff and I was like I'm going to go work with the youth. I'm going to go work at this troubled home. I'm going to do this and that. And I was doing packages the other day, and my daughter was like, can I help you? Um, and then she's like, oh, they would really like these earrings um, because it makes them feel good. Because I have, like, a whole, like, box of stuff that mm-hmm. I just throw in a gift to each of my packages. And then she's just like wanting to help and wanting to help minister to people and uh it's just like I had this epiphany it's not about you know me working with the youth of the next generation it's about me building up my next generation so that she can make heroes out of her generation and the generations to come that is awesome so yeah, I had that, like, light bulb moment the other yeah. night, and I was like, oh, it all makes sense. Where would we be able to find you? Can you give us your email address or your website address? How how can people yeah, um, reach out to you? You can reach out to me by my Instagram, I am rooted in rising, or my website, I am rooted in rising.com. I also have a little form on there if anyone is in need of prayer. I believe that wholeheartedly. If it's pressed upon our heart, someone needs to hear it. You well, touched. I, got, uh, I was just going to say, and you touched our heart, and we felt like we needed to pass it along. Oh, thank you guys. Thank you. I hope that we get a chance to sit down. I hope this is a start of a, a great friendship. It will be for sure. And we want to welcome you back anytime you want to talk. We're here to listen. I can't wait to see what God has in plan for this podcast where somebody may hear this. Mm-hmm. And well, he definitely has plans for you, Thera. I mean, it's clear. There's no doubt. Hey, and he has plans for all of us. Jeremiah that's right. 2911 says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but to give you hope in a future. So That's right. You know, something about when you were talking about your daughter helping you, it just brought to my mind that, you know, that's one of the things in the Bible also is that you're told to have faith like a child because a mm-hmm. child doesn't question. A child is just, it believes. And I was struggling so hard last week, and she wrote on a sticky note 
like I'm not sure where she got this from, maybe church or what, but there was a sticky note on my computer and it says, you do your best and God does the rest. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> and how old is she? She will be eight this month. Wow. <laughs> That's, that is great. Well, You're doing a good job. Well, Thera, we're going to, we're going to end this podcast today. Um, and we just really appreciate you so much for sharing your story, your intimate story. I know for a fact somebody needs to hear this. Thank you all for listening. And Let- thanks for having me, guys. Oh. No I problem. I appreciate it a lot. We enjoyed having you on here. My code, Rooted and Rising. You get $10 for signing up. Oh, well, see, she has a goal to meet for one year. And if you go and read her blog, you'll, you'll learn all about it. I think that we need to help her reach that point. There's a page, a shop page where you can shop my Poshmark listings. And then I also have where you can uh, donate to my cause as well. Um, I believe that's on my purpose page. Well, thank you very much. We really appreciate you. I appreciate you. you guys. That's our podcast for today. We want to thank you all for listening. Thank you, Thera, for coming on as a special guest and sharing your story. We are delighted to share that with our listeners. Guys, you can follow us at www.everydayricochet.com. You can visit our Instagram page, and we will have a link to Thera's Instagram page and her website. Remember to download and share our podcast. Give us a like on our website, and remember... Today is a good day for a great day. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you very much for listening.